for the legal mumble jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations, which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead. Salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. the wonderfully spacious and beautifully bodacious Fuck If I Know Studios, located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania. It is yet another informative, educational, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone. As always, I am your congenial host, Frank the Lunatic. Thank you once again for joining me for another episode of me ranting, raving, pissing, and moaning about topics you probably don't give a shit about. So remember to sit back and ask yourself this question, why the hell am I listening to this man anyway? Speaking of people that you shouldn't be listening to as well, how about our president, Pre- President Jumpin' Joe Magoo, sitting there in the White House? You know, it's, it's, it's funny, at the start of his presidency, this man was billed as being the most powerful man in the world. And last year, you know, over the last year, it's basically fallen apart on him because he's been a failure. He was originally billed as the savior by Democrats from four years of political strife under former President Trump and the turmoil of the coronavirus pandemic. But the honeymoon period just quickly soured following, first of all, his disastrous military withdrawal from Afghanistan, record inflation that's still going up, gas prices that are still going up, and of course, before we started getting a handle on it, the COVID-19 death count that surpassed that of during the Trump presidency. You know, when he was running his campaign, President Magoo was saying that he promised, it wasn't even saying that we're going to try, he promised that he was going to, quote, shut down, end quote, the pandemic, fight for the working class, and regain the world's respect following four years of the Trump administration that under the, the Democrats were saying that, you know, the working class fell apart and the world's respect for us fell apart. But it's been one blunder on top of a blunder on top of a blunder. Everybody knows and acknowledges the fact that one of the first fuck-ups he had was the whole thing with the Afghan withdrawal. I mean, the Taliban, when we left there, the Taliban took back Afghanistan in 11 days, winning the war 20 years after they were ousted by U.S.-led forces. Then uh, August 26th, during the evacuation, during the military's mass evacuation at uh, Hamid uh, Karzai 
International airport suicide bombers killed at least 183 people, including 13 U.S. service members. And this was supposed to be a peaceful withdrawal. Of course, Biden's administration uh, retaliated, retaliated by launching two drone strikes against suspected ISIS-K terrorists, one of which ended up killing 10 Afghanistan civilians, including seven children. Way to go, Brandon. Military evacuation, which required significant cooperation from our enemy, the Taliban, to compete, to complete, ended a day ahead of its August 30th deadline, but left behind hundreds of U.S. citizens and tens of thousands of Afghan allies, despite President Magoo's promise days earlier to, quote, get them all out, end quote. The State De- our own State Department said nearly 500 U.S. citizens had been va- evacuated in the months following the withdrawal, and there's still a handful of people that are still over there today. You know, his whole, quote, uh, promise to, quote, shut down th- this whole virus thing while he was campaigning to be president. Everybody was hooing and howling for, oh, yeah, you know, he's the almighty savior. You know? And then he takes office and eventually says that there is no federal solution to the pandemic. And, of course, transferred it back to the governors and the individual states and everything. Look at the whole thing with the uh, test. The, the whole COVID testing things. You know, they originally had no plans in re- originally around that. Then they revealed the plans, and everything was a clusterfuck with that as well. We're trying to get free test kits. It's amazing how the Democrats can fail, uh, you know, like this, like a consistent thing. Back in uh, the old bimbo presidency years, you know, look at when they started the whole Obamacare and the website. It was the one of the worst, crappiest freaking sites ever designed. Tons of problems, constantly crashing. Uh, I think there was always those 404 access errors or 403, whatever it is. Um, just tons of problems. People couldn't sign up and lots of things. And this was the federal government. Oh, they put so much thought into this and it fell flat. You know, j- just like what, what's been going on with Biden. Look at the border crisis. During the 2020 presidential election, he was describing horrifying scenes at the U.S.-Mexico border of kids being kept in cages and federal agents ripping children from their mother's arms under the Trump administration. You know what's funny, though? Again, you know, Democrats were quick to lash out at Trump about it, but actually do the research yourself. You'll discover that these cages or chain-linked indoor enclosures that were being used to hold migrants at border facilities were actually ordered, designed, funded, and built under the old bimbo administration, under which, of course, President Magoo served as vice president. And they're still being used today by his administration. But he was outraged that these facilities were like this when he was running for president, again, to get support of people. And like a typical politician, you get into office and you didn't change anything. You're still actually using them. And in fact, the Obimbo's, not Obimbo, um, Magoo's administration actually reopened several facilities that were closed under Trump to deal with the surge of illegal immigrants since he's taken office. And it's just been going up higher and higher and higher. Yet during it all, the Democrats remain silent. You know, Vice President Chameleon Harassment, who was appointed, um, what was it, March, when, he, when they first took office, that March, she was appointed, you know, to ha- try looking into and handling the border situation. Didn't take a border trip for like 100 days after her appointment, after she repeatedly laughed off questions 
about traveling there. She's another freaking joke. Meanwhile, during 2021, U.S. authorities arrested 1.7 million illegals at the southern border, the most ever recorded, and only a small fraction of them were actually vaccinated. Meanwhile, of course, during this, when all this was going on, he was imposing vaccine mandates for U.S. citizens and people working in federal buildings and the border agents, but we were taking these, you know, these people in and of course you probably have heard my rant and seen the stories in the news about the ghost flights we had them coming here into northeastern pennsylvania these ghost flights that were chartered by the federal government to move these immigrants around all these illegals and repopulate them into you know other parts of the population in the country and of course because they're not american citizens we can't force them to be vaccinated so as far as i know they weren't vaccinated and put into wherever the hell they are now Gas prices have been going up and going up and going. Ever since he took office, they've been going up. And then with the war and that, it's gotten even worse. And the economy has been getting worse and worse and worse. Look at the data from census bureaus have shown that um, people from blue states have been fleeing the red states in droves in the past year because of the nationwide crime surge in Democrat-led majority cities. He, faced, he had faced uh, trouble in his own party after his landmark multi-trillion dollar Build Back Better Act failed to get enough votes to go through, but he was touting that, that he was going to be successful with that. And look at Senator Joe Manchin. When he announced that he couldn't reach an agreement with Biden on the package, what does the White House do? They launch an attack essentially characterizing him as a traitor to the party. Not as an individual who actually looked at this and looked it over and said, no, there's problems here. No, because he wasn't one of the mindless sheep that went along with it. He's a traitor. Of course, you know, President Bimbo, of course, set a presidential record, too, for not holding a single news conference until 64 days into his term. His White House, from other people that have been involved with it over the years and that, you know, other presidencies and said, have said that the White House, the, the Biden White House, looks like a White House from like the 80s or early 90s. And that the current administration doesn't understand how to work the 21st century media environment. There's been tons of staff departures. Um, look at even um, the vice president. Allegations that she's a bully to work with. Which is funny because during the old bimbo years, that's what they were saying about the staffers that worked for the office of the first lady that she was a bully to them funny the similarities look at uh the the white house chief of staff ron Klain, when he posted a thing on twitter calling 2021 not that bad at all it was like a successful look back at 2021 because they keep saying that he did so much that he's helped the country so much this man has been nothing but a disaster I mean, our vice president is just as bumbling of an idiot as our president is. Look at press conferences that she's been in when reporters have asked her stuff. She's, she's appeared on things like Face the Nation and that, and she's basically been a bumbling, stumbling idiot. She circumvents everything, doesn't directly answer questions when she's asked at press conferences at all. And it's amazing how, you know, months ago, like a, a year ago, how the White House press secretary, uh, Jen uh, Saki. I guess that's how your name. 
that she it was insisting that the White House was insisting then that inflation was only transit uh, transitory, sorry, and would go down over the next year. Now here we are a year later, more than a year later, and surprise, surprise, the economy's even worse, inflation's even worse. But yet, advisors and econo- economists, you know, that the White House deal with, saying no, everything's going to get better, everything's going to get better. Harris has been asked, uh, harass, Miss Harassment there has been asked previously in press conferences, you know, her views on the economy and how things have gone and worse. And, you know, there were episodes where she went and just stumbled trying to answer the questions. She stumbles worse than me trying to get through a podcast, basically. She just stumbles on them and then, like, circumvents and goes back and pivots support for some of the plans, like, when they had the Build Back Better plan, you know, she just suddenly jumps to that and how great that's going to be. Months and months and months ago when she was asked about the economy, you know, she turns around and one of her quotes was, quote, we have to address the fact that we have got to deal with the fact that folks are paying for gas, paying for groceries, and are need solutions to it. Whatever the hell that means, our need. So let's talk about that. Short-term solutions include what we need to do around the supply chain, right? So we went to the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, Savannah, Georgia, and said, hey guys, no more five day a week, eight hours a day, 24, 24-7, let's move these products. It's so nice that Vice President Camellia Harassment can come out and do that, that they actually went to places for in regards to supply chain issues and said, no, 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 you people can't work just five days a week anymore. You gotta be working around the clock 24-7. Really? What a friggin' slave driver. Oh my god. You better give this woman a whip. Ex-staffers who have left the White House uh, that worked under the vice president have, been, have said in interviews she repeatedly refuses to read briefing materials and prepare for meetings. Sort of like the president himself. It's clear that you're not working with someone who is willing to do the prep and the work. With Kamala... You have to put up with a constant amount of soul-destroying criticism and also her own lack of confidence, so you're constantly sort of propping up a bully, and it's not really clear why. And more than a dozen staffers, I believe, have left their position under her since Biden's taken office. Look at other disastrous things that have happened in this administration. You know, early on in the administration, uh, actually, I believe it was January of this year, you know, before everything happened with the Ukraine, we went and were talking to Moscow and negotiating with them about us scaling back U.S. troops deployments and military exercises in Eastern Europe. You know, reducing the number of troops stationed in the Baltic states and Poland. Isn't it funny? Surprise, surprise. Several weeks later, the whole thing with the Ukraine happened and all these people fleeing to Poland. You know, and meanwhile, they had us at the table trying to negotiate to cut back our troops, uh, troops in Europe. Another disastrous thing with this administration. It's like typical Democrat fashion. You know, Democrats are always saying about how Republicans are warmongers and they don't you know, want this whole big military. Look what happened during the Clinton years. When Billy Boy was in office, or his wife was, whoever the hell was really in office then, look at all the cuts they did with the military, and even spending and how they even cut military contracts and stopped orders for military equipment and everything. It was like chaotic, eight years of chaos and ripping apart the U.S. military. 
which I still say, you know, and there's other people I think that say this as well, during those years when he was ripping apart and downsizing our military and, you know, we weren't investing in new technologies and everything for the military, you know, and then, you know, Bush takes office and that. But what happened in the meantime during that whole time during the Clinton years? You know, secretly, these groups, Taliban and all these groups were organizing, you know, and slowly becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, which, of course, led up to, you know, the whole 9-11 incident. And meanwhile, all this originated during the Clinton years. And where did some of this stuff come from as well with these terrorists and that? It's actually hysterical when you look back at it. The fact that some of the stuff that they were using on us was actually stuff and training and that, that we provided them during the Carter years when there was that whole Afghan war against Russia and that. The fact that we actually trained people there and gave them military supplies and that. So here they are years later, you know, in the desert and that attacking us with skills and weapons, you know, stuff that we taught them or at least taught that maybe they say their fathers and stuff. <laughs> It, it's, it's, it's just funny when you look back at some of the damage that the Democrats do in the world. It, it's amazing. And it's amazing the other disastrous things that the Democrats in this administration have like opened arms to. They talk about jobs and job security and you know, wanting new jobs. And they've opened their arms to, to, to driverless trucks and that whole technology, which, of course, takes away jobs. But they're all about the working people. But they want the expansion of the self-driving vehicle industry. And it's, it's a scary concept, self-driving uh, tractor trailers. You know, they're using radars, laser scanners, cameras, GPS antennas that communicate with piloting software. And the people that are involved with these companies developing this technology um, state that every time they drive a a mile in real life, they're re-simulating a thousand more times on computer by changing hundreds of parameters. Still, it, it still doesn't represent real-world situations. But our federal government is embracing these things, you know, wants to fund these projects. And in typical fashion, too, you know, legislation regarding this, you know, we're opening our arms to all this stuff, but they don't have proper lo- legislation. You know, laws that are coming out are giving autonomous cars and vehicles the same status as conventional vehicles when they're not. Basically, you just need insurance and you need to follow the rules of the road. But other than that, there's no other regulations federally regarding it, even on state levels. And again, in the way of taking away jobs, the reason why they're pushing this is to make things I, I, you know, it's, you can't even say cheaper and more affordable because it's not that these cheaper costs are going to be passed on to the consumer. We know from past years of inflation that prices go up. They may back down a tiny bit, but they never drop drastically to where they were prior to the inflation that was going on. Never happens because when companies say it's corporate greed, it, it's American corporate greed. It's all about making as much money as you can. It's the great American way. And again, they're pushing these trucks because they're saying, well, see, you normally have to pay a driver to drive a truck from Los Angeles to, to Dallas. You know, it takes about three days because of the regulations. You know, you can only drive for so many hours. But that doesn't have, that doesn't apply to the self-driving truck technologies. So that, you know, a truck will be able to drive for 24 hours, basically, and deliver loads around. 
and it, it, it drops from say dollars well back then a dollar 76 a mile a year ago uh drops down to about 96 cents a mile if the truck drives itself now of course with gas prices and that that's even more though but the thing is that there's going to be so many jobs at risk and again government constantly saying no we're going to create jobs that the self-driving truck industry will in fact create more attractive jobs for local drivers who will take over the autonomous trucks at transfer points and drive them to their final destination points but they still estimate from a study from done by the university of california berkeley that with these autonomous trucks when they come into play they estimate almost 300,000 trucking jobs will be gone. There's already a shortage of truckers as it is. Now picture another 300,000 more people out of work. But because it'll make it cheaper, the companies will make more of a profit when you're not paying people to drive these trucks. And there's still that worrisome thing, as we've seen with Teslas driving around, when things fail, sensors fail, things go wrong. What's going to happen? We've seen the disasters with Teslas going into things. Can you imagine an autonomous truck? If sensor fails, something happens, and that causes an accident. It's going to be even worse than when human error is involved. But the administration is pushing for this stuff. More idiotic things that they're doing, though, which have, you know, have gone through and passed. This whole thing of allowing 18-year-olds to drive big rigs across state lines... Now, some states do allow people under the age of 21 to actually drive commercial vehicles within the state. I don't personally know of companies that employ people who are 18, 19, or 20 to drive CDL trucks in-state, like especially Class A trucks, maybe Class B delivery trucks, you know, FedEx and that, but not big trucks. But this whole push that this administration has as well, let's have 18-year-olds who have hardly any experience driving year-round in a car, and let's give them the keys to a 70,000-pound truck and hope for the best. They are looking for like 3,000 teenagers, basically. 3,000 people between 18 and 20 to sign up for these programs to haul loads beyond their home states. And these truckers will conduct, they'll be involved in an interstate hauls for 120-hour and 280-hour probationary periods under the supervision of an experienced driver along for the rides. So there'll be somebody else there, but of course, the downside is, what do you do, grab the wheel and something goes wrong? But anyhow, um, after that, the they will be an apprentice, and after that, they will be able to drive solo, but their employer must monitor their performance as they reach 21. Okay, so you monitor their performance, but you're not in there with the cab with them. It's scary to just to think about what's going to happen out on the roads. You can't transport passengers or hazardous materials. They're also prohibited from operating special configured vehicles during the program. But see, there's 80, there's a shortage of, they say, of 80,000 truckers out there. But that's what the, the federal government doesn't get. Trucking is one of the most dangerous occupations in the United States. Almost 5,000 people were killed in crashes involving large trucks in, back in 2020. And now you want to green light inexperienced, risk-prone teenagers to be behind the wheel of a 70 to 80,000 pound truck traveling throughout the country, which is predictably going to lead to even more road deaths. 
The only exception to that I can see, and the chances of them actually being available to drive tractor trailer, is 18 to 20 year olds who have the military equivalent of CDLs. Because um, it's weird, you drive in the military, you could drive a truck, you have a CDL, you get training to drive a truck. But when you get out, you do not have a CDL to drive a regular public commercial vehicle. Um, they do have programs that where it transfers over, which I understand because you're driving military equipment. That's part of your job. So you do have the hours and the road time. All I can see this being is one hell of a freaking nightmare out on the roads. And by the way, showing how the media, how they're very uh, biased and of course, back to Democrats and that. Have you noticed a difference between the media under the Trump presidency and the media under the Biden presidency? You know, over the years, news anchors, reporters, commentators, late night hosts, they will praise you know Republican senators, any type of uh, Republican political person who broke ranks with their party, you know, voting against something or for something that the rest of the party wasn't for against, that whole thing, you know, calling them mavericks and heroes for casting politics aside and voting with their conscience. However, when Democrats like Kristen uh, uh, Sinema, Joe Manchin, for example, buck the party lines, the same liberal talking heads criticize and lecture them and come at a, under attack by the media and their own party for being voting their conscience against something that the president and the rest of the party is voting for. You know, you remember when Mitt Romney, a uh, Republican, used to be a uh, presidential candidate previously, um, broke ranks with his own party and voted to convict Trump during the February 2020 impeachment trial. Back then, CNN host Don Lemon couldn't conceal his delight. He praised Romney for risking the wrath of the party and putting his commitment to faith, duty, and doing what's right before everything else that's so rare to see someone take a stand the way Mitt Romney did it deserves to be seen but yet if you're a democrat and you break the party they chastise the shit out of you figure that one out I, I don't understand it so it's okay to break ranks when you're in the republican party and vote your mind but if you're a democrat you're not supposed to vote your mind you're supposed to be a mindless fucking sheep and go for whatever the president and the party wants apparently then there's, of course, this wonderful joy there from The View. I hate that woman, but that's besides the point. You know, back then, during the Romney thing, she publicly thanked Romney on Twitter for breaking ranks with the Republican Party, encouraging him to challenge Trump in a future presidential run, and doubled down on air days later, remarking that the only patriot on the right right now is Romney. He stuck his neck out, and the rest of them are trash. Now... She's visibly angry and loses it on air when asking about the infighting between progressive and moderate Democrats in Congress, declaring that uh, Manchin and Sinema were going to be the ruination of the nation and were enemies of democracy, that the Democrats have the numbers to make it happen. But Manchin and Sinema standing in the way, they call themselves Democrats and they, and they will be the ruination of this nation, those two. It's weird. It's so weird how twisted it is. I, I don't like that woman anyhow. Uh, as many of you have heard me talk about before The View, um, I, her and, between her and Whoopi, I, I think they're very uh, biased and racial, but that's besides the point. That's just me, and I guess I should end it on that so I don't wind up going off on a whole tangent about my hatred 
for the view. Anyhow, I, my friends, have always am Frank the Lunatic, and of course, I have approved this message. And for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that. And remember, you can send me a message. If you listen to me on Anchor FM, go up there. There's an icon. You can click it. You can actually send me a voice message. Or you can call our podcast listener feedback line at area code 570-503-6585 and leave me a comment, a suggestion, anything like that. Um, Or you could write me at frankthelunatic at gmail.com. Thanks. Ha <laughs>